Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Andy Storch. I'm your host, and I'm excited that you are here for another great episode to help you up your game and improve your capabilities in the world of talent development, as well as help your organization create better cultures, create better leaders, and really help people do great work, the work that they love, to feel more enabled, to feel more empowered, to feel more fulfilled, to feel happier. That's the mission I think many of us are on in talent development. That's the mission of this show And I've got a really great episode and conversation for you today. My guest is really, I think, a legend in this space, someone who is out there really inspiring people within her own organization and out there in the wider world on LinkedIn, on social media, everywhere she goes. Her name is Claude Silver, and Claude is the chief heart officer of VaynerMedia. And Claude is on a mission to build the best human empire in the history of time, or a honey empire, as she calls it. Claude's purpose is to be of joyful service in everything she does and create spaces where people can thrive. And Claude is also on a mission to spread what she calls emotional optimism, which is simply an awareness that we have the capacity to influence how we think, how we feel, as well as support others in the same realm. And if you've been listening for a long time, you might remember that I had Claude on the podcast way back in 2019. If you didn't hear those episodes, make sure you go back and check those out. Episodes 136 and 137 that came out in December 2019. And it was a phenomenal two-part conversation that we did. In fact, I went up to New York and met with Claude in her office there and did the the, the interview in person. Most of mine are done virtually. And it was a great experience. She is just such a wonderful person that makes you feel comfortable no matter who you are, you want to be around, and just is so inspiring to anybody out there in the business world. I also had Claude as part of the Talent Development Virtual Summit we hosted in 2020, and I published that interview on the podcast here as well. That's episode 214 called Building a Culture of Empathy, which came out on February 16th, 2021. So it's been three years since my first interview with Claude and a little more than almost two years since the last time we I interviewed her and had her on the show. And the big reason why we're coming back together is because Claude is also speaking at the upcoming Talent Development Think Tank Conference. I am so excited about this. Claude is such an inspiring human, someone who has become a friend and a mentor and someone I look to and I see out there inspiring people everywhere. And I can't wait to have her speaking at the conference to inspire more people in the audience. You're going to get a taste of what she's all about in this conversation today, as well as a little bit of a preview of what she'll be talking about at the Think Tank conference. And our conversation today, we talk about that honey empire that she's building at VaynerMedia and how that spreads out to other organizations. We talk about things like kind candor and emotional intelligence. We talk about how we can help leaders create better cultures and stop leading with fear. 
by asking better questions and connecting better with teams and being better, more authentic. We talk about culture and creating a culture of belonging rooted in psychological safety. We talk about building community. We talk about this idea of emotional optimism, as well as a new idea she created recently called radical inclusion. We finish with a little preview of her talk, which will be on building a culture of belonging and bravery at the Talent Development Think Tank. And again, that will be on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you want to make sure you grab your ticket soon and come join us at this conference. Not only will Claude be there inspiring people, but we're going to have so many other great speakers and session leaders and participants who are there coming together to connect and learn and share with each other. It's going to be a phenomenal event. You can find out all the information by going to our website, which is tdtt.us slash conference. You can always reach out to me with any questions. All right. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Claude Silver about building a culture of belonging and bravery. Enjoy. All right. I'm joined now by Claude Silver, Chief Heart Officer at Vayner Media. And Claude, it is just so great to have you back on the show. Welcome. Thanks, Andy. Great to see you. And you just reminded me I was here for episode 136 and 137. So I, I love the evolution and, and I appreciate being back. Yeah, we were just saying that was back near the end of 2019. So it's been a little more than three years. And that was one where I, you know, I've done well over 300 of these, done almost all of them virtually, but I felt so compelled, like I need to meet this person in person, came to your office in New York, and we sat down and did a two-part interview in person in your office. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. We've, we've stayed in touch since then. A lot has changed in the world since then, obviously. But you continue to march on with your mission and your purpose. And I want to touch on some of those things today for anybody listening that doesn't know that much about you. They can go back and listen to some of those previous episodes. We dived a lot into your background and how you got to where you are today. Certainly did not take a traditional HR route to then become this sort of head of HR, chief heart officer, as as you say. Your mission there and what uh, Gary, your boss, put you in this position to do was to build the best human empire. And I think you've referred to it as a honey empire. Could you talk about what that means? Yes. The mission is to build the single greatest human-centric organization in the history of time. So that's that was that's the mission to all of us, really. And and we figure out how to do that on a day-to-day hour, hour by hour. The great thing about that is it's aspirational. So mm-hmm. it's just ours to to keep on plugging away. Our culture is called the honey empire. That's what we call ourselves inside. Okay. And we really believe that you win honey over vinegar. And Gary loves to brand things. So that's really one of those things. But but honey obviously is is being the bigger person, mm. trying to be the bigger person, leaning in, helping that person you know, jamming with that person, holding your judgments, not being as subjective as we normally are, yeah. leading with kindness, leading with candor, everything that he writes about in 12 and a half, which are really our values. It's it's really emotional intelligence for the win. Yeah. And we believe when you put honey and treat people right, really, really remove fear from the system then you have the empire, which is really the business success, the, yeah. the our success, a client's success, consumer success. It, it really is. It's a departure. I know you didn't come up through a traditional HR background, right? But when you talk to a lot of longtime HR professionals, you think about the history of HR. It was a lot more about the vinegar 
than the honey, right? It's like, oh, make sure people are following policies and guidelines. You don't get in trouble for this and that and reprimanding people for breaking rules. And (laughs) there are still rules and guidelines that absolutely need to be enforced, right? But you're saying we need to lead more with the honey, with kindness, with love than with the vinegar. Yeah. Well, certainly with the, you don't want to lead with fear, right? No one responds well to fear. People may feel as though, okay, well, I'm going to throw a little fear and want them to be a little bit paranoid. So they'll work harder. Yeah, sure. They'll work harder because they don't want to get fired. But that's not, that's definitely not my belief or Gary's belief. It is really putting people first, putting people in positions to succeed and positions of strength and remembering completely that even, you know, I talk about my Angela's quote all the time, like people forget what you said, people forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. How are you doing that with every interaction you have? Yeah. And for me, that is every heart print, every fingerprint, Mm. every text, you know, how are you showing up in those rooms? How are you showing up on Zoom, body language, all of that? Yeah. And are we making people feel safe, first mm-hmm. and foremost? Yeah. Question, you, this is sounds like something that's ingrained in you. And I see how you go about operating and treating people. You're so authentic and treat people with such con- kindness and connection. I feel it every time I'm with you and we've gotten a chance to hang out in person a couple of times. How do you transfer this to other leaders in your organization because you're you're in a company that's scaled to well over a thousand employees. I know we have a lot of listeners who work in companies of 10,000 employees and you think, well, I can act this way. How do I transfer this to our leaders to eliminate that fear and lead with more of what you're talking about? Yeah. So what I would what I would say first and foremost is how do you want to be treated? So mm. that's the real thing. Like I want to I want to work in a culture that is vibrant and a culture that's friendly and warm and yeah. where I make where I make connections maybe for life and do great great work. That's what mm-hmm. I want to do. When you actually ask yourself what kind of culture do you want to be in, it really all of a sudden makes you think is that the culture I'm in and is am I being that person? Yeah. So one of the things that I would say is for everyone really to be somebody that other people want in that room. Yeah. What does that mean? Okay. That means showing up with energy that is yes and mm-hmm. showing up with, you know, leaning into the conversation with your body, body language, you know, listening before you talk or talk over someone. Yeah. Those little things, remembering that you're a team, you're not a group. A team mm. has a vision, has a North Star, has an agenda. Everyone has a role on a team. There might be some crossovers, but we know where we're going and we can't do it without the other person. Mm. Group is really cheap and cheerful. Oh, y'all came together and you're on a tourist bus today. I'm never going to see you again. I don't know when your birthday is. And, you know, I probably didn't really talk to you or I did. And you, you know, gave me a Kleenex. Yeah. It's a real distinction. If you think about it, when you're talking about building cultures, do you want to build the intimate, culture of team, or do you want to build the group? Mm. So there's a lot of probing that you want to do just with your own self or with your, your leadership or your boss. Yeah. Just, well, how do I want to show up every single day? Right. That is remarkable. And I think, I think today I would like to say that we have more of an impetus to do that now that we're on screen or we're in the office or we can be in Bermuda. I could be in Bermuda right now having mm-hmm. this conversation with you, yeah. right? Or 
you know, you could be in Anchorage. It doesn't really matter, but we're still bringing our authentic self. That's my hope Mm -hmm. because anything less than your authentic self is armor and Mm -hmm. armor is just preventing people from getting in. We all have armor. We all have fears. We all have insecurities. But if you're creating a culture of belonging that is rooted in safety, psychological safety, and then creating a place where everyone feels that they can bring their authentic, their consistent self, I'm not asking for your whole self, then, you know, that's fertile ground to build anything on top of. Mm. Brene Brown says it best, which is, True belonging doesn't require you to change who you are. It only requires you to be who you are. Like, whoa, Mm. I don't have to adapt and dress like that and speak like this to fit in here. No, just be yourself. Mm. It's an amazing concept. It's like simple, but not always easy, right? Because you want your leaders to show up with authenticity, as you mentioned, which is so hard for so many, right? They they want to wear that armor and it's all based on fear, right? What if people see this in me, find out this about me? I've done a lot of leadership development work over the years. And I always see the biggest challenge with leaders is they feel pressure to have all the answers. And so they try to pretend. And when they really could just be more authentic and say, Hey, I don't know this, like, let's figure this out together. Or I'm having a bad day. Like, can we, you know, can I have your help? And they feel like they've got to be perfect for some reason. That's ex- that's exactly right. And we're not, we're human. We're just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. We have the same emotional barometers that everyone else does. We have our same challenges, whether or not it's family or education, or you got to get the dog to the vet or whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And we all want progress. We all want to be moving forward in our lives. Yeah. So that's how I think about philosophically, but also that's how I think about building a culture. So when I'm doing this, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about Bobby way in the back. I'm thinking about Sarah, the introvert who doesn't speak, speak up much. I'm thinking about this person. Am I reaching them Mm. or or anyone else that's, that's holding the culture as I do? Are they reaching those people who may not speak up or who may be going through rough times? Yeah. You know, I think everyone here wants to be in a really healthy, vibrant culture, or they wouldn't be here. They would go someplace where they could get razzed all day. COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 changed everything in business and talent development. Almost overnight, companies were forced to figure out how to engage their employees remotely and run their development programs virtually. Luckily, Advantage Performance Group has been running a webinar series and releasing free resources throughout the last year and beyond. Advantage is a proud sponsor of the Talent Development Hot Seat, known for creating, learning, and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish. To join our webinar series and find more of our free resources, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Yeah. And it's exciting to be part of something that's growing. We keep talking about culture. The other element of that, I feel like something that you and Gary do really well is building community as well. Right. And I think of the culture and the community is really what's happening when the leader's not in the room, right? What, what continues on. And I think of, I I just see from afar what you're doing at Vayner, but I've also been a part of the V friends community, which is the NFT project that Gary started in May, 2021. 
and you know something he created and is you know still tries to be very involved in but he's got a lot of things going on meanwhile i've made so many friends to that community i see so many people engaging with each other supporting each other trying to be helpful to each other and really like furthering this community even without the the so you know the leader being there on a day-to-day basis well he's phenomenal at finding people who can execute on a lot of his vision mm. phenomenal at standing something up and then giving it air to be what it is going to be. The guy is so not a micromanager. And if you saw more of him, obviously it would be great because he's so intelligent and you would get some just so inspired, but also it's giving the community that you're speaking about a lot of runway to create. And hopefully it's that's something that you're creating, which is very much part of his vision. And when he opened up VCon that day that we were both there in Minnesota, in his opening speech, he talked about community and he talked about, please go up to someone you didn't come here with and say hello. Yeah. I mean, what kind of leader does that? Mm -hmm. He does. That's he's, he is building this. He's building V friends. We are building this so that in 25 years or maybe in 12 years, kindness. Yeah. What is in corporations, not fear, not hierarchy, not this archaic model of, you know, I'm going to close my door and you can't come in because I'm a leader and I make more money than you. That's just archaic. So archaic. Yeah. Ridiculous. And his closing talk at at VCon, which was the big conference you and I were at in, in May, was about getting louder about kindness in the world. Claude, you talk a lot about something called emotional optimism. I wonder if you could share more about what that means and, and why it's important. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. It's actually what we're what we're actually talking about already, which is the human condition, which is the fact that we all go through things. We all come into work having been awake for three hours. The kid mm-hmm. is sick. The dog is sick. Mm-hmm. We went to the gym. Didn't have a great. We all are carrying things with us. Yeah all the motions all day long. We get triggered at work. We get a raise at work, all of that stuff. How can we use those emotions as data or as a signpost, but not become and get submerged by those emotions? So it's having emotional awareness. Mm. Now, the emotional part we get, we're all emotional. The optimism part is knowing that these are just guides. They are not who you are. You are not a sad human being. Mm. That incident with the dog made you sad today. Yeah. But through knowing that you have the power to change what's in your mind, to change your mindset, to seek support, to seek help, you can find you know, light on the other side, optimism, possibility, like not everything will be doom and gloom forever. Now, I'm I'm certainly not talking about people that actually have some serious mental health challenges. That's different. And, and right. I would never assume to, to know anything about that for them. But I'm talking about in the workplace, if there is a way you can become more emotionally aware of yourself, not cling on to those things, then by the way, you're also going to become what's called emotionally efficient. Mm. You'll be able to identify your emotions quicker and go through them. Because at the end of the day, look, I'm an optimist. You're an optimist. This isn't about toxic positivity. This is about using those emotions to inform what's going on and then move on. Yeah. Move on. 
you you mentioned yeah. toxic pos- positivity. I don't know if I've heard that. What what does that mean? Is that sort of the cynical yeah. view of optimists like us that are always like it just is. trying to be positive about everything? Exactly. It's literally like, oh gosh, it's COVID. That's so that's terrible that you know New York City is basically shut down. I'm so glad you have a job. Hmm. So it's literally like shoving what's real under the rug to be buoyant, but it's fake. Right. Mm. Or literally like, you know, gosh, Claude, I'm so sorry. You, you had a terrible review with that person. I had a really great review with that person. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Right. It doesn't Doesn't make me feel better. No, except empty. So toxic positivity is really a way to divorce yourself from the truth. (laughs) Yeah. So when you talk about emotional optimism, obviously there's a big element of optimism, but you're also talking about recognizing your own emotions, being aware of, and also connecting with others, which I think also, I see one of the challenges out there in leadership doesn't happen all the time, right? But leaders that are just so focused on business that if somebody is maybe struggling, underperforming, going right into, hey, we need to put you on a performance plan instead of finding out, hey, what's going on at home, right? Maybe there's a relationship issue. Maybe the dog died, like you said. Can you check in and connect with somebody on a human level before taking it right to performance? Andy, exactly. That's exactly right. And the thing, when you spend enough time with people and you have people that can scale you and spend enough time with people, so forth and so on, then you find out what's going on in that person's life and that person's life at work. And also like, does that person, you know, have a challenge reading or writing? Mm. Because that's not abnormal, by the way. Many of us are dyslexic, myself included. Mm. There's a lot of ADHD in the world. So we have to take that into account when you look at the human and why this person might be struggling or not performing as well, rather than just going to the jugular and saying, bye-bye. Yeah, they you know? don't fit this box. Maybe there's other things yeah. to be doing. Luckily, it, it seems that you know through the the greater movement of DEI B, we have more awareness of neurodiversity coming out more lately, right? For people that do have ADHD or whatever it may be, that hey, yeah. they're very capable. Maybe there's just a different way for them to work than others who are writing emails all day long. Exactly, and also I think the the training and development that we can give people that need extra time that need help managing their energy or their calendar. Like, I think we really assume that people come into the workplace, junior, senior, and they're like, they know how to write an email. Well, no, they don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, or they know to push a chair and when they leave the the, the boardroom, maybe yeah. not. Yeah. So we do a lot, if you think about it, there's a lot of life skill teaching we do yeah. in leadership, a lot, aside yeah. from the, the hard skills. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of newer employees these days who who didn't even either get to finish college in person or start a job in person. They're starting on Zoom oh and to come into the office, they just they don't have that experience to know the etiquette of how to act together when you're with people in person. Maybe their parents didn't teach them. Like, how do you know? Right. Yeah. They're maybe just like raised by a pack of wolves. It doesn't really <laughs> matter, but it's out there and it's true. Right. And I really think those people that have started during the pandemic and now in hybrid are extremely courageous. Mm. The world wasn't set up for this yet. Yeah. You know, now we're set up for it now, but it's, it takes that much more now to lean in and ensure that they are feeling like they belong to this culture. They are part of this team. 
Yeah. We had to pivot quickly. So you also posted recently about a new term I think you made up called radical inclusion that I think is related to this. I wonder if you could talk more about that. Yeah, I, that one was a good, that one. I don't even know what I was doing that day because <laughs> radical is a funny word to put in, in front of anything, right? Radical yeah. happiness, radical inclusion, radical yeah. whatever. But I really wanted to make the point that inclusion is creating space where everyone feels as though they can come into the space. There, there's a there's a place for them. What I meant about the radical part was not only can they come in and they're safe, they can participate. It's like, mm. it's not just making room at the table for them to sit down. Yeah, It's also ensuring that you're helping them find their voice to connect to other people, mm. that they literally can feel included and they can participate. And I, and that's what I was meaning by radical. Yeah, And also that you're and I, what I referred to in that post, if I'm remembering correctly, is the stranger. And I don't mean Albert Camus' stranger. I mean that we are making space for the stranger to come into our mm, space. The people we don't know. That's right. Yes. And there's a ton of them. Yes. Right. Yet. Yeah. The friends we haven't met yet. Yeah. And what I'm hearing too is is it's almost an extension of that difference between diversity and inclusion where yeah, we're letting people into the room and they're in the company and they're maybe they're even in the that meeting room and they're sitting at the table. But if you're ignoring them, then their voice is not heard. They're not really included. They're just there, right? They're, this is actually like making sure that you're paying attention, maybe even paying extra attention to those who are normally excluded or overlooked. That's exactly right. And so, you know, a few minutes ago when we talked about when I'm when I'm talking, I'm really thinking about how my message is landing to the introvert over there, mm. to the new person over there. It's the same thing yep. because I want to bring them into the fold. I don't ever want people to feel as though they don't quote unquote fit in because as you and I know, what does fitting in mean anyway? Yeah. Fitting into what? I mean, that's a whole nother conversation for another time. I think, but Well, I think at the end of the day, I think it just means, do you feel like you belong, right? Yeah. But fitting in a lot of the time means you need to look like Andy. Sure. You need to have gone to that school. Yeah. You need to be white. Yeah. You need to play basketball. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And a long time ago, when I when I took the role on, the first thing I did was I changed the way we hired. It was culture fit. It yeah. was, oh, you went to school with my brother. Awesome. You're hired. Yep. We'll teach you how to do it. Right. You'll get thrown into the deep end. Oh my Which God. Which is the way a lot that. of people did things, right? Yeah. For years. And, and that's what you did for speed. Mm -hmm. But I changed it to skill set fit and culture addition, mm. meaning we are hiring you because you have the set of skills that we need. It's clearly yeah. in the job description. And you are going to bring something to our culture that maybe we don't have. And so maybe that's a different way of thinking, a different way of learning. Mm. Maybe you are a philosopher and you're, you know, whatever it is, but it allows us to get people that don't look and sound like us mm -hmm. and that have much more, I would say, of a holistic diversity to them. And that doesn't necessarily just mean, I'm not talking DEI and i as, as much as I'm talking about, they may describe empathy as this. I describe mm -hmm. it as that. Yep. That's cool. I'm going to learn from them. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I love that. Okay. We're going to tie everything together. So we have the Talent Development Think Tank Conference coming up in February. And Sonoma, and you are coming, you are speaking at the next Yay. conference. I'm so excited. I remember we connected, I think we first connected ahead of the, the first one that we did. And then I invited you to speak at the, the conference that we were going to have in 2021. And then obviously COVID hit and that changed everything, right? right? And so I'm excited that I still was able to get you locked in to come speak at our next conference. I know people are absolutely going to love it. And you are going to be speaking on building a culture of belonging and bravery. So I wonder if you could give us a little preview of that. You know, I know we've already been talking about subjects related to it, but you know, what does that mean? Yep. So we we have talked a little bit about building a culture of belonging already, which is really creating the safety first, the psychological safety. So people mm-hmm. feel as they can come in and they can bring their authentic self. They don't have to hide. They don't have to code switch, so forth and so on. Or yep. if they do, they're choosing to. It's mm-hmm. not a, you know, right, so you uh, yes, belonging. In order to, once you have that culture of belonging, what are you going to do with it? That's great. But you want it for us, we want to create bold thinkers, people that take action, mm. people that are on the offense. Yeah. And so that's the bravery part. If we, and it goes back to the honey empire, quite frankly. If we put people first, we create this wonderful place where they can be, they feel like they can make friends, they have similarities with people, whatever it is, they can join one of the community resource groups. We have all of that stuff. Then we want, listen, we want people to thrive here. We want people to be here forever. And people are motivated by progress. When people feel momentum, as you do when you walk into this office, you want a part of that. Mm. So that's what we want to give people, the opportunity to take swings, at-bats, growth, development. It's all here waiting for that person. And so that's the bravery part. Mm. And, And just to be really, really clear, Sure. Building a culture of belonging is amazing. That's step one. Step two is really doing something with it. What are you going to do with all these people that actually like each other? Right. What are you going to do? And for Gary, he's going to disrupt the industry. That's mm-hmm. what he's doing. Yeah. And for Gary or for me, we are going to create cultures and corporations rooted in kindness. Oh, yeah. That's real disruptive. Mm. So. It's really the two-step process. Yeah, I love that. And you know, taking it all the way back to the beginning, you talked about building a culture of belonging and really building this honey empire of human leadership and human connection and culture. And you're on a mission to do that for VaynerMedia, but also spreading this message out into the world so that we have more corporations, companies, cultures that are operating this way and building more human-centered cultures of kindness, belonging, and bravery as well. Yes, because A, it's the right thing to do. B, you're going to retain your top talent. C, you're going to attract incredible talent. D, E, F, people are going to have phenomenal lives. They're going to be there, you know, hopefully this all leads to more happiness in life. Mm. Fulfillment and more joy or whatever you fill in the blank for you. Yep. Or success. Yeah. So I love it. Really stoked to be at the conference in February. I can't wait to see you again in person. Uh, Likewise, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. I appreciate you making time to come back on the podcast today. And I'm looking forward to giving you a hug and seeing you in action in February, Claude. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you, Andy. Thank you so much. 
All right, that will do it for my conversation with Claude Silver about building a culture of belonging and bravery. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you were inspired like I was. And if you want more, Claude will be speaking at the Talent Development Think Tank Conference on February 22nd and 23rd. I've got her slated for the morning keynote on the second day. You can find all the information and get your tickets at tdtt.us slash conference. And you can even take a discount, a 10% discount by using the code HOTSEAT, H-O-T-S-E-A-T, for being a podcast listener. You can use that when you buy your tickets for the conference and when you join our membership community as well. And if you're in talent development, this is going to be the place to be. It's going to be the most exciting and the least boring conference in talent development. So I hope you'll check it out again, tdtt.us slash conference. We also have a great membership community where we have guest speakers and great discussions on a weekly basis over Zoom, as well as in our private Slack channel. And you can find all the information about that community at tdtt.us. All right. Thank you again for listening. I don't have a bonus episode this week, no bonus Q&A with Claude, but I'm looking forward to talking with you again next week. So I hope you'll tune in again then. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.